I'm about to uh, give you a sneak peek at a work in progress, and uh, the origins of it are from some of the same frustrations that I sense over the last couple of days some of you feel as well, and that is that maybe it's time for us to put a stake in the ground and define what I'm calling a gold medal or gold standard benchmark for an organization any organization, especially a business. So what we're talking about here is um, essentially being able to ask this question, a question that um, I asked each time I was doing the introduction for one of my four books. I thought I should kind of put a little context around it and kind of describe what a, a sustainable business was. And there's lots of help out there on the attributes of a sustainable business. Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of agreement on what those attributes are, but there are lots of good lists. Uh, and what I thought was, wouldn't it be nice to be able to say that um, uh, Company X has actually finished? They're done. They're, they are now a sustainable company. You can relax. You've, you've reached the perfect state uh, on all of the metrics that we would want you to do, uh, and therefore they just need to get to a steady state. So what does that steady state look like? And the slide that you saw before in Alan's presentation is one that kind of describes why we're calling this the fourth benchmark. And today, uh, especially from a financial perspective, uh, companies are used to assessing how things are going by looking backwards as to how they were doing in previous years, maybe a particular baseline year. In the case of carbon, they might look at 1990 or 2005 or 2007 or several years in the back in the rearview mirror so you can see a trend. They may look forward to see how they're doing relative to a goal they have set for themselves. A self-imposed goal, we want to be here by this date. And then the other one, which is where the raters really come in, is how companies are compared to other companies in their sector or an appropriate subset of all of the companies in the universe out there. So that's worked pretty well. And that's the way in which ESG metrics are normally looked at. Those are the benchmarks. I think it's time for us to declare that there is a goal line here that there are some science-based material KPIs with their associated goals that need to be reached for a company to be a truly sustainable business. And after 10, 20, 50 years on this, I think our collective brain can figure this out. It may be mission impossible for some companies, but at least we need to figure it out. Like, what would it look like if a company were truly sustainable, doing the right things from an environmental, social, and governance perspective? So that's what we're trying to define. I've uh, been working on this for about a year and a half with some folks from the Natural Step in Canada. Uh, we expect that we'll have a beta version of this benchmark ready by next June, and hopefully by the end of next year we'll get version 1.0 out, which is kind of the best we can do by that time, and then... Um, make it an open, common good, uh, available from the natural step uh, kind of benchmark that people can tap into any way that's useful to them and revise it from time to time as we get better information. So that's, that's where we're going. So this implies that we have a definition for a truly sustainable enterprise. So um, the context within, that, within which that definition is expressed is really, really critical to this. So we're going to do a bottom-up build of the characteristics of an organization that is a truly sustainable business. And this reality is something we need to remind ourselves of about every thir three minutes, that um, we have some nested dependencies on this planet. Uh, we may not 
like them, but they're there. They're boundary conditions. There's no umbilical cord going somewhere else. We have to figure out how to live on this finite planet in a way that works for the environment so it can continue to sustain us and for society so that society can continue to flourish. So, we have the environment, uh, that's the planet, and usually human society, which is the, kind of the focus of our, uh, our activities, um, usually is on land. And somehow, invisibly, if you were to look from space, where's the economy? Well, it's kind of the invisible way that we decide how we're going to exchange goods and services and get around. And then that little x is a sustainable business within that context. You with me so far on this? Okay, this is pretty basic stuff. Uh, so what we're talking about here is the characteristics of that company that allow it to operate and thrive and not screw up the environment and society. Because another way of expressing this relationship is the economy and the companies within that economy are wholly owned subsidiaries of society and the environment. Which means if the environment goes in the wrong direction, everything does. Pretty basic. It also means that the environment and society are too big to fail to re-express the relationship here. So, all right. Uh, the definition then of a truly sustainable business is one that creates positive environmental, social, and economic value. That's iteration number 27 of that definition, but it's getting close. So essentially what we're saying is do something useful as a business, not only for the economic part of society, but also society itself and the environment. So that's the what. We are also, as we have seen in the last few years, uh, removing the boundaries for what this business is. And that means that the upstream supply chain and the downstream customer chain are part of that value chain, and that means it needs to be accountable for all of those impacts. And why are we doing this? So that we have the, at least a possibility of human and other life on this planet flourishing forever. So that, that's kind of where we're going. And essentially the, the tagline for this is if it were to operate forever, the next 10, 100,000 years, that this business would not only be doing no harm on a Hippocratic Oath kind of wavelength, but it would also do well by doing some net good, as we heard D Disney describe this morning, net good. So, that's the premise. Now, if we agree with that, then we say, okay, we need to tease that definition just a tad so that we can go in with a clip, clipboard and, and sort of say, yeah, you're okay here, 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 on your water and your waste and so on, and how good is okay? Have they reached nirvana? Have they reached the benchmark? So, that's where we're going with this. And essentially what we're saying is there's a flow of logic here where we start off with the necessary conditions that the environment needs to experience to be able to stay in business. And there are three of them. We got those from the natural step, who got them from the scientific community, and they've been refined over the last 15 years, and they're, they're pretty good. There are also five that are on the fundamental conditions that we as human beings need to be able to flourish. These are the, the Maslow's needs. They are the needs that Paul just showed on his slide that he uses in his business. Uh, we've distilled the, the lists of the needs down to 
a five, five needs. Uh, we can fuss with that, but they're pretty basic, and they're all essentially saying the same thing. So we're saying for the society to continue as a flourishing society, meet these conditions, five of them. For the environment to, to continue to flourish, meet those three conditions. Then we have d- put design constraints around a business that they not mess that up. So essentially, it's a one-for-one correspondence. Essentially, do not interfere with those conditions or the design constraints. And then we said, okay, if, if a company has to work within that frame, it needs to get from how it's doing things today to how we'd like it to do it in the future. So we're calling those things transitions. There are 21 key transitions that the business needs to go through. And therefore, we will know when they've achieved those transitions when there are indicators that show that they have. So there are 25. Somewhere, it's going to end up probably somewhere between 20 and 30. Uh, started off with 21, went up to 27. And it's right, today it's 25. 25 key performance indicators with measurable goals that confirm that that transition has been made. This is a science-based approach. This is a bottom-up build of what we need for a truly sustainable enterprise. So the, the principles of being able to define these in a rigorous, credible way are exactly the same principles that uh, were very quickly flashed through by Alan because I'm on the technical review committee with the GISR, and I thought, man, their principles are really phenomenal, so uh, why don't we just build on those? So science-based, context-based, you've heard about that. You'll hear more about it in one of the workshops this afternoon. Uh, Offsets, maybe. Um, And certainly there need to be some interim proxies because some of these things may be really tough to measure in the first place. They need to be assurable so we understand how to measure them. They need to be material. They need to be at least uh, too deep into the value chain or the supply chain and immediate customers. They need to be comparable, and they need to be comprehensive. And the last one is the trickiest. Each of these KPIs needs to be traced back through that chain that you saw before, and the combination of them essentially needs to be whole. That if a company were actually able to pull this off, it would be a truly sustainable enterprise. So, I'm about to give you, um, and this is so tricky. This is a work in progress, um, and every time we do this, I think it's fantastic, and then about three days later, I realize, oh, geez, we need to change this. So this is as of today. The environmental ones, I'm getting a better and better feel for, and I I think we're getting close on these. So the usual suspects of energy, greenhouse gases, water, material, wasteland, um, air, uh, I think we can express those in fairly good ways. I think there's a context-based terminology that we can weave in there. Uh, But it's it's close to the do-no-harm part and maybe do-some-good part. Um, So that's that part. Social is a nightmare. Uh, I, I, I have nightmares about these. I, every time I think I've nailed it, it gets worse. So uh, I would like to leave that box empty, but the slide requires me to build it up to get down to that. So I will show you what today's are, and, and this is an invitation. I need help. Uh, we need help on this. But this is the, uh, the way in which they read today. Uh, notice I'm using the term stakeholder. That We tried to synthesize employee, customer, and community into stakeholders. So... Uh, Be careful you don't hurt people. Uh, Rights, diversity, engagement, development, remuneration, and contribution to the economy. And we need a lot of work on that. And then there's the governance part, and the usual suspects are there as to what appropriate governance is so that this is a sustainable, sustainability kind of organization. So that's where we're going with this. Um, 
it's a work in progress. The, the social ones need help. And if you've got some thoughts on uh, any of those things and you'd like to contribute to the brain thrust behind this, send me an email. I'll send you the latest version of the document that goes with this, and I would love to get into a dialogue with you because the collective wisdom here really is necessary for us to get this right. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. <laughs>